0: You can look at weakness in the economy, you can look at employment numbers, you can look at spending patterns. But really, there's only one number central banks care about, and we get that number for the US tonight. Interestingly, one survey has expectations falling a bit, but it is a very slow move down. Today, the NAB Business Survey will shed some light on the views of Aussie businesses alongside the Consumer Confidence Survey out today. Can't remember who does that. Somebody does it. Uh, it's Tuesday, the 14th of November, 2023. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. So the US dollar is down close to a quarter percent on the DXY with the Aussie dollar doing well out of it. It's up 0.3% to 63.8 US cents. The pound is up 0.4%. The euro up 0.1%. The Japanese yen got up to a new year-to-date high of 151.91 before coming back down again, and that movement has been fairly slow, it has to be said. Hardly any movements in bond yields. Uh, Ten-year treasuries down just two basis points, flat in Germany, down two for ten-year gilts in the UK. Aussie ten-year yields were up five basis points yesterday to four. percent 6, a tiny bit higher, just one point on futures overnight. No big movement in equities either. The Dow closed 0.2% up. The SP down 0.1%, down 0.2% for the Nasdaq. Pushing higher in Europe, though, the Eurostox 50 finished 0.8% up, 0.9% for the FTSE 100. And oil is higher today. $1.30 added to Brent and WTI. Brent around 82.70, having dipped to 805 during the session. So it's US CP- Today, the good news is consumer inflation expectations are down a little overnight in the Fed survey. Nabs Rayatrol is with me this morning uh, to talk about that. So down, but not much. So it's gone from three point seven percent down to three point six percent. Now that is the opposite of what we saw in the
1: University of Michigan survey last week, which had inflation going up. So who do we believe? I think we will believe the, the hard numbers that we're going to get from CPI tonight. But you're right; there's some pretty uh, there's some pretty mixed signals, and, and other um, Cleveland Fed and other um, you know central bank estimates have uh, have been sort of varying quite wildly, but have, have been sort of a little bit more disconcerting, I would say, than this um, New York Fed number. So as you say, three point five seven, uh, only down a tenth of a percent, but um, and relative to a, a cycle low that we saw back in July of two point uh, sorry three point five five percent but but close to the low so some companies and not lost completely on the bond market so just looking at the so-called tick charts for for say two-year treasury yields we were trading about 5.06 percent just prior to that release which came out about three o'clock in the morning Sydney time and um, we've slipped to 5.04 percent since then so so the, it's resonated a little bit um, um, but obviously you know depending on whether we get an upside or downside surprise in the CPI tonight um, you know that Move will be um, relegated to the uh, to the pure intraday noise category. I suspect.
0: Well, how much is inflation getting driven by wages? That's one of the questions, isn't it? to Look at today. So the expected earnings growth in the in the survey uh, last night. Uh, slid a little by 0.2 percentage points down to 2.8 percent. But it seems like that was partially structural. So the New York Fed says that fall is being driven by people below the age of 40 without a college degree, which makes it sound like it's, you know, uh, more casual jobs than anything. And the probability of losing a job, not voluntarily, in the next 12 months uh, was up to 12.7 percent. That's up 0.3 percentage points uh, from where people were last time. But you know what? If you look before the pandemic then uh, the number of people thinking they were going to lose a job in the next uh, 12 months was up over 13%, sometimes as high as 14%. So actually, you know, if you're looking and thinking that the the labour market is is easing a little bit, well, you, you know, it's useful to look and see where we were before, isn't it?
1: No, absolutely. Absolutely. It is. And to the point you say about sort of the, the wages components of it, that's, um, you know, that will feed into, um, what's called the, the, the so-called super core CPI tonight, which is, you know, the something that uh, Jay Powell talks about, which effectively is services inflation X. Um, you know, ex-housing effectively, um, or ex-shelter, uh, as, as they say in the US, because that is seen to be that that component of CPI that is mostly driven by by wages growth. So, um, so following on from from what you've just said, um, you know, there'll be particular interest in uh, in that uh, that subcomponent tonight.
0: Yeah, and Michael Barr, Loretta Mester, Austin Goolsby uh, they are all talking not long after those CPI numbers. So their interpretation, I should. I Imagine you know that's going to have some influence on, particularly on bond markets, isn't it? As well as
1: the numbers itself, obviously. Yeah, you know, absolutely. And we're getting you know we're getting some mixed messages, not mixed messages, but obviously you know we had Mary Daly out, at, uh, obviously following on from what Jay Powell said, and really trying to uh, convince the market that the Fed is still you know more than willing to raise rates if uh, if the inflation, you know, particularly if inflation is seemed to have stalled in terms of the downtrend. But we've had other Fed officials out saying that they think the Fed is is done enough, and I do. You know, I've been sort of speculating that, to some extent, the Fed's narrative is is really to do with um, with financial conditions and not wanting to see sort of an undue easing in financial conditions. So I was looking at uh, Bloomberg's financial conditions index, for example, um, yesterday, and you'll see that the you know the tightening that we saw, you know, which was a, a combination of, of higher bond yields, um, you know, weaker equities, and a stronger dollar, that we saw between sort of mid September and, and late October you know, has has reversed almost 50% of that tightening in the first uh, 10 days or so of November. And so it's, you know, to me, it's not surprising that, you know, Central bankers you know, six weeks ago talking about we don't need to do anything because financial conditions have tightened. You know, fast forward to November and they're saying, oh, we may need to do more. And I think implicit in that is that financial conditions are easing back. So, you know, we're, we're still of the view that the Fed is done um, and that, that the rhetoric coming out of some of the more hawkish members and Jay Powell is is unlikely to translate into an actual hike in rates, certainly not at the December meeting. But um, obviously, if we get a significant upside surprise in CPI tonight, then um, we may be forced to eat a little bit of humble pie.
0: You might, but then what if it comes in uh, a little bit lower than uh, expected or even just on a par? Does that mean that we will be back to, you know, where we were sort of a week ago, uh, Um, talking about rate cuts as, as early
1: as the middle of next year? Well, Phil, you know that I love my second decimal places on this podcast, right? It's a, it's an absolute riveting listen and, uh, if you think about CPI, there's a very strong um, market consensus for that core ex food and energy number is going to come in at point three. There's a couple of forecasters at point two and a couple at point four, but there's sort of well over thirty of them say it's going to be point three. So assuming that is the print, I think there'll be keen interest on well, is it a low point three or is it a high point three? So you know, if it's point if it's nearer to point two five, then it says well, core inflation's running at no more than three percent. If it's you know, if it's point three five near to 0.35, then it says inflation is running at you know potentially north of 4%. So that's that's a big difference, isn't it? And from an annualized point of view, so um, so I do think that um, that second decimal place is going to be particularly interesting tonight. We will be paying attention to the second decimal
0: place, absolutely no doubt about it. Now, the NAB business survey today business conditions falling last time, but still well above average, business confidence well below average, and cost pressures easing. So where are we and what's going to be the key takeout today? And, of course, we've got the consumer confidence number as well, the Westpac survey, which edged up slightly to 82 last time, but still way below 100. So, uh, you know, we know uh, consumers are pessimistic, as Sonia Strauman was saying in the, the weekend podcast you know, all rests on the run up to Christmas, doesn't it really, to see what consumer behavior is going to be like?
1: That's, that's right. And obviously no clues here on the NAB business survey. But, you know, the, I guess the message has been that sort of ongoing contrast between sort of business conditions, which, as you say, have been, you know, holding above average, albeit slipping a little bit in the last couple of months. And, you know, and conditions which have been sort of flatlining, but below average. But, um, um, a bit of a business, con- um, of confidence sorry but um, you know but even business confidence still running well above consumer confidence and, and we've talked about this before in terms of the you know the potential in, uh, influence of of you know strong inward migration and what that's doing to sort of aggregate demand in the economy even if we 've got the sort of per capita recession which uh, would, would help explain why consumer confidence is as, is as weak as it is so uh, anyway there will be plenty to digest I think across those two surveys this and, morning
0: and the Aussie dollar doing well obviously a, a chunk of that is the, uh, the fall in the US dollar but you know it's uh, it's an upsized swing for the Aussie. so is that because of what we've been seeing out of China so a, a bit of a surprise in the, the strength of the loan numbers so the economy not doing that badly if people are prepared to take out loans
1: yeah well overs and unders really I mean we had the broad sort of aggregate financing measures slipped back a little bit relative to expectations but um, the new one loans was a little bit stronger than expected it does look like most of that lending has actually been you know to fund government uh, debt issuance so no real Evidence there of a pickup in sort of uh, lending from the consumer side, and we get the retail sales number. I think of the activity numbers that we'll get for China tomorrow, retail sales will be key. And there is a a quite significant sort of uptick in annual growth expected. And I think base effects may be playing a part. But in in, in general, there's nothing in here to excite me as far as the risks of significant upside surprises. So I think the Aussie move, you know, is is by and large just, you know, US dollar slippage. The DXY index is off about 0.2, isn't it? and Aussie's about up 0.3. It's still, you know, it's still suffering from the lack of sort of interest rate support following that uh dovish rba hike um, that we had last week so um whether we can claw our way back above uh, 64 and on to those sort of 65 plus highs um, it remains to be seen but i think we'd have to see some some significant upside surprises from china tomorrow to, to make that a realistic possibility you know or maybe just you know a weaker dollar if we do get a downside surprise on cpi um, and i think that's the reason that the dollar is a little bit weaker following you know as we've just saying about those new york fed expectations um you know then we could see some some perhaps more broader-based US dollar slippage It'll be on show when we come in tomorrow morning. Uh, we get UK employment numbers later on today, including average earnings. The expectation,
0: of course, for the UK is everything's going to be worse. Uh, so unemployment is expected to fall around 200,000, pushing the unemployment rate up to 4.3%. But average earnings may fall. So uh, that's what's expected. That, you know, would be – I mean, that uh, all of that surely points to nothing else from the Bank of England. Uh, but what else we've got? Uh, Eurozone GDP, the next read on that. We've got the German Zoo Survey uh yeah a bit going on today
1: no there is actually and uh, you know we're still looking for signs of you know whether the eurozone economy is basing out but uh, as i say that second estimate of gdp expected to be minus 0.1 you know there's plenty of forecasts out there that q4 will be negative um, obviously mario draghi uh, said as much that uh, the eurozone will be confirmed as in recession you know by the end of this year so um, you know whether there's any sort of glimmers of hope there in the likes of the german zew survey um, you know watch this space but at the moment it's uh, I think we're more reliant on on evidence that the U.S. economy is 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 weakening, rather than the rest of the world is 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 really improving in order to drive you know um, U.S. dollar weakness and and a stronger Aussie dollar. And uh, back in the United States, we get the NFIB, the Small Business
0: Optimism Survey uh, in the US, which has been in the doldrums for a while. So it was interesting last time. Their chief economist said sales growth among small businesses has slowed and the bottom line is being squeezed, which is leaving owners few options beyond raising selling prices for financial release. So actually... If they had a bit more optimism, that might mean they didn't need to raise prices. They could absorb prices a bit more, which would lower inflation, which would give them more reason to be optimistic. I mean, there's the secular argument. It's an
1: attitude thing. (laughs) Who's going to tell them? That's, all, that's a little bit too much, I mean, at this time of day. All I tell you is that the consensus is that the overall optimism survey is expected to slip to 90.5 from 90.8. And incidentally, you know, a, two, a few days ahead of the actual survey, we get the hiring intentions index, which is one of the inputs a lot of economists have for their, um, you know, non-farm payroll survey. And that actually slipped back a little bit, only to 17 from 18. So it, uh, overall, it does suggest that small businesses are getting a little bit more a um, uh, downbeat if you like as far as the hiring intentions are
0: concerned right well it's a late night tonight because i think it's uh well it's 11 isn't it i think sydney and melbourne time uh the uh the cpi numbers for the us so we wait with bated breath to see what it brings more important this time than perhaps for a long long time good to talk ray catch you next time thanks will and don't forget to look for that second decimal place incidentally before we go a new member in the uk cabinet david cameron remember him who, former PM, isn't an MP now, but in the UK they can make you a lord in a day and stick you in the cabinet. (laughs) That is democracy at work. Crazy stuff. That's it for The Morning Call. I'm Phil Dobby for now. Back again tomorrow morning. See you then.